Welcome to Random Rewards, the one and only, the beautiful, the most exciting and most fun gamification show. Let's do the intro jingle. We did it together. Is that what the yes. jingle is going to actually be? I think it is. I really like it. <laughs> awesome. We like came up I with think, it. So what, I think what, it's funny. What kind of instrument is it going to be on? Like this uh, 8-bit thing, like a gamey sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to sound like a, like, like you said, 8-bit, eight, eight like an NES. Yeah, like, 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 I'm, I have like a few different instruments collected. Um, and I'm trying to see which one sounds the best. At the moment, they all sound a bit dark, too dark. Not enough. So <laughs> dark, dun, 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 dun. something like that. Well, I can pitch it. I can pitch it, but the the sound of it is a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Just I didn't know how to explain. That's all good. Too, 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 Like not happy game, but like more horror game. game. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining what I think you. I want to hear that just anyway. So. Hopefully you have it. Yeah, I hope it's going to work. Just yeah, I'm going to. That'll be like the Halloween episode. Multi version. Oh yeah, episode we have a horror (laughs) version of the of the score. And it's that's actually cool. That's actually a really cool idea because it's really easy to change it. Like because I just changed the instrument. Mm Hmm. Yes, we have a horror jingle. Horror jingle. Maybe I just make it a bit more dissonant though, like. Should we welcome the <laughs> the people listening to the podcast? <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should. It's kind of rude, right? Yeah. Okay. So we are the one and only Octalsis Gamification Podcast. And what are we doing here, Chris? Well, this is Random Rewards. We are discussing games and the hidden Uh, mechanics driving them and why we love to play them and then applying those same that same knowledge to businesses and life so that's what we do chris that's what (laughs) thank you did i i passed (laughs) you passed (laughs) (laughs) awesome i can stay right i can stay on the podcast you can you can but just for today maybe next time i choose another person to do the podcast with me well, that person's not going to be talking about Baba is You, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, they wouldn't know, right? So today we're going to talk about the game that Chris has been playing, which is Baba is You. Yes. And I'm really curious to hear about it because I have not played it. I actually feel really bad about that I didn't play it because I should have. That's okay. should have prepared better. Do you, like, do you like puzzle games just in general? I do. Like what's your, what's I actually love it. Yeah, the puzzle games. Um, well, I play like a few puzzle games on my computer, uh, on my computer, on my on my cell phone, and on my computer. And this one is on the computer, right? So it's quite different. Yeah, it's on the computer. I've been playing it on the Switch, which is awesome because uh, you know you can take it wherever you want. I, I so, play myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should give you more time to talk, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah, yeah. wanted to ask the next question. Yeah. Um, 
so I have a question. Like, is it one of these more uh, like puzzle games that are more like, okay, you build a puzzle and then you build the next puzzle, you build the next puzzle, but it's not really a storyline or is it one of those that really have a storyline and um, build something up? So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any storyline really. So, so what is unique about this puzzle game is that it's about changing the rules of the game itself. Oh. Yeah. So it, it becomes very like mind bendy. Um, you, you play, I mean, you play a lot of things, but you sort of, the game is called Baba is you, which is actually three discrete pieces of information. There's Baba who's, like kind of like a rabbit. And then there's is, which connects mm -hmm. Baba is you together. And then you, which you are the player. And the reason I'm deconstructing that state, that sentence is because that's what the game does. So you'll have that sentence in the game world. And it's like a top down grid based game. And you can play Baba and you can move those tiles around. So different things uh, can, can connect to is you. So you move the tile Baba out of the way and instead put the tile flag is you. And if there's a flag on the screen, now you're playing the flag. Or if you, if you instead replace you with flag, now Baba turns into a flag. That sounds that, confusing though. It, yeah, it's, it sounds, it sounds confusing. Quite it sounds complicated. It is. Um, it's very mind-bendy uh, and it's confusing to explain it, but it's not confusing to play. It's like very well paced in terms of introducing these ideas, but it's not just is, uh, there's other, there's other connector words. So it can, so like has, for example, so it could say Baba has flag. And if Baba dies, a flag appears. So mm -hmm. there's all of these different rules. And then, and then uh, the other properties, the other, um, things in the level have properties as well. So we're, you're used to playing a top-down game and there's like walls, right? But here, mm -hmm. the walls are only walls if it says wall is stop. And so you- it Sounds like programming. It is. It's like, <laughs> it's like a programming, like a pseudo-programming game. Yeah. And yeah. you, but the way you manipulate objects is by like pushing them around on a grid-based system. And this just creates like, so many different scenarios that it's like almost impossible to fathom. Like, for example, one of the one of the big like, oh my God, this game is nothing like I thought it was going to be moments is like in a in a later level, you're like, okay, so so I'm playing Baba, I'm moving stuff around, I'm changing the rules so I can get to the flag. That's usually what the that's what the objective is. But all of those rules are expressed in text right? Baba is you as text, technically. Mm. So there is a block called text. So if you push the block in front of is you, and now it says text is you, you now control all the text on the screen. Mm. And so you can move all the text around and configure it in different ways. And so you literally are kind of like doing a, a very, very rudimentary form of programming as you play. I see. So the the puzzle pieces are actually text, mm -hmm. not like puzzle pieces like with images or something. Well, like, they're text-based images, stuff. but they're they're in squares. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're text that occupy but it's everything. Not, is, a square is the same size. Like I said, it's a grid. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like one of these where you need to 
you know, either put pictures together or like pictures in form of like visual things Mm -hmm. or um, objects or something like that. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's not like uh, hieroglyphs or, or like mm. graphics that represent text. Although you can, for example, if you take those same, if you say Baba is text, then Baba, the rabbit becomes the word Baba. So you can mm-hmm. move between objects and text as well. Oh, and this, okay. Yeah. And so this is like, this is just scratching the surface of what this game, this game has 200 puzzles and every puzzle is just as complicated as the one I just described. Wow. Have so you finished you, it? No, not even close. I've gotten like <laughs> 30 levels in or something, okay. but it's like super addictive. And the reason why, and the reason why I love puzzle games in general is because there's this moment where you start to see a problem differently and you have this moment of, cause you spend, you're spending the time just like banging your head against the wall, trying to figure like, mm-hmm. how do I do this? Okay. If I move this here, does it work? No, because there's a catch. What, how do I deal with the catch? Um, eventually there's this moment of like epiphany and this game more than any other game creates that moment of epiphany where you feel like you're a genius you feel like you're you're cheating almost like you're breaking the game yeah yeah like uh like i remember there was a moment where you have to make you have to get a key to open a door but there's no key in the level but there is the (laughs) word key so if you can get the key the word key to move to in front of the keyword yeah <laughs> you can move the, the word key in front of or at the end of the sentence of wall so it says wall is key all of the walls turn into keys oh it sounds like our escape room that we did in taipei yeah how does it how does it sound like that i don't know it sounded like um like finding all these clues in a room trying to open a door with a key, right? Because mm-hmm. we also, so we were, for the listeners, we were all, at, from the Ocalysis group, we were all in Taipei, um, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? No, actually long, maybe a month ago. Yeah, it feels just and like And we yesterday. did an, exactly, feels just like yesterday. And we did an escape room, and I was just remembering these keys that we needed to find because we needed to open all these doors, and we needed to build these puzzles, like put these puzzles together, uh, put words together as well to basically open these doors and find all the clues, find right. out what was happening. Um, kind of, that's a, kind of just reminded me of, of that. Yeah. yeah. Now that you mention it, this game is very much like an escape room kind of concept because, because every screen, it's a single screen. And so mm-hmm. you have all the information you need on every screen and you need to solve the puzzle. But what actually what I think is similar to escape room is that oftentimes what I find the coolest about escape rooms is there'll be like puzzles in the escape room, but the puzzles are not the point. The puzzles are giving you information to solve the larger mm-hmm. puzzle. Mm-hmm. And the larger puzzle is something you have to figure out as you go along. And yeah. that's what this game is like. This game, you're like constantly messing with rules and saying like, okay, if I connect these two words together, what happens? And mm-hmm. then by doing that, you then figure out, oh, like, actually, I didn't even know what the puzzle was until now. Now I know what the puzzle is. So like half, half the level is figuring out what you're even supposed to do. Okay. So what is the overarching yeah. goal then? 
to beat the game <laughs> to beat all the to beat all the rooms i guess or okay, at least so, enough of them to to continue so there's no overarching story around the game there's just no. the smaller puzzles yeah. but there's an in the end there's a obviously you need to win the game throughout the whole yeah. puzzle world like you have like a yeah. overarching there's a there's an overworld map and you can like yeah. you move to different um like locations similar to like super mario 3 like there's mm-hmm. just you're moving along mm-hmm. and unlocking new mm-hmm. levels so yeah you you play one level and then it unlocks like two more and then you play another one and unlocks two more and so there's always choice as well um if you get stuck on one puzzle which i do almost every time you can go to a different puzzle and just try to think about it differently um yeah so what would you think is like the main motivator to for you or for others to play this game well um for like what is what is the motivator of solving a puzzle i guess core drive 2 development and accomplishment like knowing that you accomplished solving the puzzle but i don't think it's necessarily that I think what's truly engaging is more core drive three empowerment of creativity and feedback, feeling like you're rearranging things in creative different ways and seeing what the result is. You're literally getting instant feedback about combining the words together. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I even like when I heard you talking about it, I'm like, Oh, this must be so creative, like Mm -hmm. so many strategies, so many options to solve it. Yeah. Really. That's what I also love about escape rooms because it's also like really creative and you need to um, find solutions, problem solving, right? That's like what's fun about it. Yeah, I was actually having this conversation with another TOG consultant um, and that we talk about the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic design. But oftentimes we think of extrinsic as being left brain. So... But actually, like, logic puzzles can feel very creative. Like, they can feel very intrinsic. I enjoy just the process of solving a puzzle. Even if I'm using my quote-unquote left brain, it's not, I'm not doing it for the, for a reward. It's like the reward justifies the doing of it, if that makes sense. Like, when we think about which motivations are core to why we do what we do, it's always like, what's the main motivation, not what are the ones that support it? So, you know, mm-hmm. one could say that Baba is you, like any other game, has the core drive to development accomplishment of solving, of beating a level. So you have a flag, you're trying to get to the flag. The flag is winning the level. But that justifies the fun part, which is solving the puzzle, which I think is much more core drive three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think the core drive three just makes you continue to play it. Right. And... Obviously, because also um, all the, the um, intrinsic motivation is long term. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes you just be engaged for a longer time while core of two development and accomplishment is more like it gives you a hit while you solved the problem. Like you, you solved mm-hmm. it. You're like, mm-hmm. yes, finally, finally. Yeah. Um, but then you continue to play because of quarter of three. Right. Well, you you crave it. Feedback. Yeah, I, you find, crave it. I find that that's what happens. Like I'll beat the level and then I immediately want to play the next level. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Like I don't go, okay, finally I'm done. That's it. It's not like cleaning your, your room or something, (laughs) you know, cleaning your house. That'd be horrible. (laughs) You're like, I'm done. You know, like I don't continue cleaning. I cleaning the room should be like playing a puzzle though. Mm -hmm. And a reward afterwards. Sometimes I put a cookie next to (laughs) my um, table like okay if i finished all the cleaning i get this <laughs> and then i need to build a strategy of how do i as quick as possible clean my room because yeah. i don't want to spend too much time that's actually pretty remarkable self-discipline to to not eat the cookie before cleaning your room i'd be like eating the cookie while really? i sat around about thinking about cleaning the room <laughs> no i would not dare to no. cheat myself with this cookie hmm because I know if I would do it, I would do it over and over again. And I don't, like, no, that doesn't work. You can't cheat yourself like that. I know. That's, like, the thing, right? Is like, you know that it's not a good idea, but I do it anyway. <laughs> anyway, so next to cookies. <laughs> well, let's I move wanted, on from cookies. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Core Drive 7 for a little bit. Unpredictability yes, and curiosity. I think that that's also a key motivator for this game. Because it's like, what puzzle is going to be next? What new dynamic is going to happen? What new word is there going to be? Like there's the word push. And that makes an object into something pushable. So Mm. you can like move it around the map uh, or move it around the screen. But then there's also the object. There's also the word defeat. And that means if you touch it, you'll die. Oh. Yeah. Then there's the word sink, which means the object disappears, Mm -hmm. but it also takes the object touching it with it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. There's like so many different, there's so many different properties that an object can have. So are there new ones added in each level, like when you're leveling up? Because otherwise it gets too repetitive, right? Yeah. Basically every puzzle, not every puzzle has a new object, but it always has a new type of solution. Wow. So you're you you can't think the same way twice. You can't be like, oh, this is simple. I'll just do this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> not really. No, it doesn't allow you that. Tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's that unpredictability. And it's not just the unpredictability of what's the puzzle gonna be, but it's also what's gonna happen when I combine these things together. Mm, it's that I sense see. that you're discovering the rules of the game as you go. Most games are very clear about what rules do, what the rules are. When you play Super Mario, you're like walking along and you hit the enemy and you die. You're like, okay, enemies kill me. And then you jump up and hit the block. Oh, okay, block has mushroom. Okay, was the mushroom? I touch the mushroom, I grow large. And then it's like, it doesn't continually introduce new rules. All the rules in the game are then extensions of those. Whereas a game like Baba is You is not is always introducing new rules, so it just keeps mm-hmm. constantly uh, upending your assumptions of what's possible. Mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't really work so well with a puzzle game if the rules always the same, right? Mm-hmm. Because with a puzzle game, you you don't have like the time pressure usually. Mm-hmm. Well, if you would have the time pressure, maybe then it would make more sense. If it says like, oh, you have like one minute to solve this puzzle. Right. Um, oh man, because that would be so the, bad. I would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is, like, if you know the rule, 
you you won't make that mistake again, right? You know it, you just know it. But if you're under time pressure, you might make a mistake because you're like, oh my God, I need to do this. Oh no, no, I sank it. Oh, why did I do that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that can happen. I think I think that would just work in in that setup. It doesn't work if you have enough time to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. You actually need to create new rules for each game. Which yeah. is a lot of work. Oh my goodness! I'm yeah, two hundred puzzles, all with different configurations. Yeah, of different rules. rules. Yeah. Well done, developers. Well done, okay. develop. Yeah, the developers are smarter than me, and I think I'm, you know, <laughs> the, the dumbest person alive, right? So, um, yeah. So, so those are the main core drives, I would say, and and as you said, those are those are the things that create like sort of long term engagement. Like there's all, it's all extrinsic. It's like core drive seven and core drive three are both extrinsic. So just constant, I mean, intrinsic, uh, are both intrinsic and they, and they just make you want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If any, if any experience can capture that feeling, um, then you have a really sustainable experience on your hands. Okay. Note so maybe we can, yeah. So maybe we can go on to businesses then because yeah. I think it's very it would be very interesting to compare it mm-hmm. to how people can now actually use this in a real world context. Yes. Um you already mentioned that this can be used in businesses. So mm-hmm. why don't we look at let's say a e-commerce platform? Okay. And that e-commerce platform uh, would like to have more daily active users. How would you solve that with a client if they come to you and say like, hey, I need your help. How can I use this game? Baba is you. I really <laughs> love the game mechanics in that game. How could I use that in my e-commerce platform? Wow, that would be a really interesting question for someone to come up and ask that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I love this puzzle game. How can I use it to sell more? What, what are we selling? Shoes. Shoes. <laughs> How can we sell more shoes by like creating rules that the user has to constantly discover? Well, that's the thing. Uh, to back up a little bit, um, if you don't know, this is what we do at the Octalysis Group: is we is we drill down into why people play games and what causes them to not just why they play, but why they continue to play, why they love to play, and they become incredibly engaged and motivated by games. And then we apply that learning to real world context. So what we wouldn't do is have an e-commerce website where the rules are not clear and you have to constantly experiment with combining (laughs) words together in order to buy your shoes. (laughs) It's like buying shoes is the goal, but you have to like move, move the text over here and connect this word to, to like user is, uh, buying user is pay pay is shoes <laughs> might work for a marketing campaign <laughs> yeah credit card credit cards is pay so that is clearly not what we would want to do so what we would do is essentially this is part also part of our process this is this is just a glimpse of the kind of work that we do we we have a five-step process um, that goes from analyzing business metrics and defining player types all the way to what is the back end logic of a game, the resource, 
uh, economy, as well as the uh, reward reward progression cycle. Um, and then to the wireframes, which is like screen by screen, what is the user experience? So this is this is just a the hint of what we would do. So we'd start with the core drives. So as what, what did we say was the most important core drives in Baba as you? So we talked about core drive three, yep. empowerment of creativity and feedback. Yep. Then we have core drive two, which is development and accomplishment, and core drive seven. Yeah. Um, on predictability and curiosity. Okay, right. So we would want to apply these same motivations to the experience of buying shoes. I guess, uh, what is, ha have you bought any shoes lately? What is, what is the experience like? I haven't. No. I would love to, but I can't because there's no space in my <laughs> luggage. Okay. <laughs> um, in general, I, yeah. I did go shopping clothing, though. Okay, online. But not online. <laughs> no? Totally useless. <laughs> we are not I'm the totally, player types. I'm totally useless. You oh, are. no. I'm sorry. I think, I think I've only bought... Uh... Actually, I did. Yeah. I bought a CD, but I bought it because there was a raffle on the CD. So There's a raffle. Buying this... Yeah, so buying the CD would give me the the possibility of winning a fan meeting. A fan meeting mm -hmm. with the person who, with the musician who. Yeah, the with CD. the musicians that made the CD. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> 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 fan meeting with Funny, somebody. Like, some random person. <laughs> <laughs> with their competitor. With their competitor. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So that actually that's the CEO of the company. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, lunch with the CEO. Lunch with the CEO. <laughs> the core drive seven, that's a core drive seven game technique that you you just mentioned right there is the raffle. Uh what do yeah. we call that? The um it's the lottery, but we also the rolling rewards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so rolling reward is when you uh have the possibility of getting a reward by taking a desired action, but it's not guaranteed. So again, that's like a lottery. So that would be something that could apply. The, um, if they're on, say on the shoe site, they, so um, the, the business metrics are daily active users. Yes. So we want, so that's interesting because, so you're selling shoes, but, the, but you want daily active users. Now, do you want people buying shoes every day? Probably not, like except for the shoe, mean, shoe collectors. That'd be great, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so they have to do something else should, on this website. Yeah, they should they should go to your website yeah. on a daily basis, yeah. but they probably don't particularly buy shoes every day. Yeah, right. correct. Maybe every week. Yeah. So 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 we're talking already. We we talked about business metrics. We've defined we want daily active users. Our player types are people who buy shoes fairly frequently. Um, we haven't drilled down further than that. What kind of player types are men, is women's shoes? Um, are they professional shoes? Are they for some kind of trade? Um, or are they like party shoes? You know, are they beach shoes? Are they boat shoes? Hiking so, shoes. Hiking shoes. So um, we would want to define that, but say we haven't defined that and they're just all possible shoes. And the player type is somebody who buys shoes some pretty regularly. 
actions. But even though that's the case, we have to define other desired actions. Because if daily, uh, probably in this conversation, I would urge for daily active users to not be the business metric. (laughs) (laughs) Because maybe weekly active users or monthly active users, but daily is, you know, but say the client's like, it must be daily active users. Yeah, I guess the client could be like, "Mm, we have like daily different um, uh, discounts. So Mm -hmm. people should check them out in a daily basis, which doesn't mean that they're actually daily going to buy the shoes, which is a different desired actions that just, and just going to the online store and check out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, so just what you said there, one of the things we do when we talk about the strategy dashboard is we define, uh, desired actions. And so the main desired action one would say is to buy shoes, although revenue is nowhere on the business metric. So assuming revenue is second business metric and daily active user is the first, then important. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, any client who says revenue is not important is, is lying yeah. um, mm-hmm. or deluding themselves. But yeah, so, so, so assuming that revenue is important, then buying shoes would be the main desired action. But we all reestablished we can't buy shoes every day. So what do we do? You said one of the desired actions could be to check for discounts, right? So maybe this shoe, this company is a shoe aggregator and there's all kinds of different brands of shoes. And they have essentially some kind of deal where you don't know what the discount's going to be until that day. And it's, and it's rotating and maybe they have a hundred different brands. So there's no way you could predict a pattern of what shoe it's going to be or what kind of brand. So that's some core drive seven, but how do we put core drive three empowerment and creativity and feedback into this? Yeah, I think core drive three empowerment of creativity and feedback is always a hard one to implement for a client because it's also one of those that take longer than others. Yeah. And it's harder also to motivate a player to do it in the first place, I guess. Yeah. Um, it might be just a case of doing something simple like combining uh, different products as like a almost like a booster, like it boosts yeah. your shopping bag. Like yeah. if you um, create a bundle, like bundles maybe, like bundle of mm-hmm. uh, a pink shoe and a uh, red shoe. I don't know. Well, I was thinking as actually Um, to your point, um, this is similar to like bingo, like a bingo board. And it's actually very similar to Baba as you, because it could be like you get different shoes and then you arrange them on a board in some way and they can connect together. mm -hmm. And then if you arrange the right shoes in the right way, you get some kind of benefit. You get a free shoe or discount of some kind. Mm-hmm. And so, so not only do you have to come back every day, but as you come back, it adds to your strategy in your bag because mm-hmm. maybe your bag has like possible discounts and you can, you can arrange them in tiles. That might be too um, explicit gamification for this company, but maybe they're really into it. And it's like an app that part of the fun is just like arranging and seeing what kind of interesting, uh, mm, interesting combinations. discounts, yeah. combinations you can get. Mm -hmm. and it could be interesting too like if that case that company would buy accessories too um 
I think for a, a, a person like a shop that just does shoes, it might not work. But if that shop with the shoes also buys, uh, sells different accessory for the shoes or accessories next to the shoes, like handbags or I don't know, um, laces, special laces, <laughs> or <laughs> maybe they have like things to put on your shoe, like flower things. Have you ever bought special <laughs> laces for your shoes? Yes, I did actually. Did? Like different color. Yeah. yeah, different color. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. not something I'd ever thought of. This is a difference mm-hmm. in player types, right? So if this was a men only shoe shoe brand, then the the games would have to be far more like uh logical and less about aesthetics or the rewards would be have to be more ex- uh, not necessarily extrinsic, but not aesthetic. Yeah. Actually, I've also seen a really cool example. I think it was for Nike, where you can build your own shoes. Like you can um, custom make your shoe online with like a painting program. Like you can change the colors of like the different parts of the shoes, like the the laces, you could change the color of those and um, different parts of the shoe. Like um, you can make stripes on them and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Ooh, what, what and that think? I found really cool because that would be like quite creative too. It's almost like a building an avatar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which relates more to a core drive for ownership and possession, which is good. It's good to make a user feel ownership over, over the product. They're more likely to want to buy it. They're more likely to want to stick with the brand in general. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking sort of combining that with what we were talking about before, what you could have is parts of the shoe that you were building the parts are only found as you come back every day so you can't even order the type of shoe that you would want you can't build the special kind of shoe that is unique to you because you can't get all you have to it takes time to get all the parts and so you come back and so actually that would be a really cool status symbol if people had shoes that showed that they were really not high level, but they had spent a lot of time on this platform, like accumulating different shoe shoe accessories. So as a client, I would probably be like, but I don't want to keep people from buying my shoes. Mm. What would you respond on that? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you have to have a balance, right? Um, not everybody is going to want to build their shoes creatively. And maybe everybody has an option to buy, to build a certain amount of shoes off the bat. And so they can buy and build any shoes they want. But then the people who want to be extra unique, then they come back and you give them rewards like different colored laces and things like that. And that would also be, that would really depend on the battle plan, i.e. the the rate, the pace in which those rewards were doled out. So you would want to have a really, really, tight loop of giving users a lot of rewards so they feel like they already have a lot of options so they don't need to um they don't they don't have this feeling like oh but i have to wait for the good stuff they already have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but then so they know just, they get more so it's just about the scarcity of that specific Right. Shoe that you can additionally buy, but you really need to put a lot of effort into it to get it. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be motivated because of that specifically. 
yeah. that you might be like one of the only ones that can get that shoe right. by putting a lot of effort into it, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, yeah. I guess you can make people do even more stuff for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe sharing it with others as well and mm-hmm. make it like a, a more social competition. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you could have you know, designers, amateur designers, again, to, to do the core drive three, but also add that core drive five social influence and relatedness in there. They could have contests where they submit like designs of how the shoes could look. And then if the, they got voted mm-hmm. high enough, then those shoes could then be on that app and they could mm-hmm. go in to manufacture them. Mm. Yeah. That'd be a cool idea. Actually, you can actually have the the shoes produced in a in a in a line in the end, like your own shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. This is the this is the Nike Chris version <laughs> shoe. Yeah. Like, how is it called? Like the the um, uh, Michael Jordan Air, and yeah. then we have the Chris Air. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Air. Chris Air. <laughs> sounds, sounds like an airline. <laughs> Chris is Air. sounds like a chris airline yeah yeah i think that was a really interesting conversation um absolutely i think we're pretty much at the end of it though do you want to add anything no it's more more to show that so this is actually a glimpse of our second (laughs) step which is brainstorming um Mm -hmm. we actually have three more very important steps that come after this So um, one of those is we take all of these great brainstorming ideas and then we evaluate them in terms of how powerful they're going to be and how easy they would be to implement. And then the next steps are, like I said, we build the background logic of the app. So it's all well and good to have these great ideas, but if you don't dole out the resources with the correct pacing, users will lose interest and they'll just leave the platform. Um, Or like you said, users may go against the main desired action, which is they won't buy because they'll be waiting because they'll think they'll, they'll think it's too powerful, those rewards, and they'll be waiting for them. Um, so it's very important to get all the details and specifics of this right. So if you're listening, uh, shoe app makers, uh, this is something not to be taken lightly. Uh, an idea is only as good as its execution. Totally. So how can we reach... How can you reach us? It might be a very important thing. If you, so if you listen to this podcast now and you're like, oh my God, I'm a retailer with an e-commerce store. I really, really, really want to get you on board and help us with this app because we are stuck. We don't know how to motivate our users to come back daily or in a weekly basis or do certain desired action. Then yeah. you can reach us via chris at octalysisgroup.com, right? Yes, and Sabrina and, at octalysisgroup.com. Yes. And please also, if you have any questions, um, reach out on our social media, which is on Chris's side. It's Chris underscore Tommaso. And on my side, it's uh, uppercase user underline adventure and on Twitter. And you can also just reach out on us at, at us via the hashtags the Octalysis Show. Yeah. I like or that. actually we should 
probably use like hashtag random rewards. Random rewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like random rewards. Um, we should probably get a, a random rewards email address. Exactly. Uh, and I would also say you can also go to the Optalsis Explorers page on Facebook if you're active there and the discuss with other. Yeah. Yeah. Discuss with other 8,000 gamification enthusiasts and uh, experts about what we're doing, what gamification is, what the Optalsis group is doing, what motivational core drives drive people in everyday life and yeah that's pretty much it i guess yeah awesome this is a random reward signing off you're signing off i think there needs to be another jingle for the outro like but this shouldn't be a bummer like i guess it's like but it's game over yeah over it should be like a achievement like the user got to the end of the podcast it's like well done oh okay that's next one yeah it's true we don't want to leave the users with like a sad bummed out (laughs) yeah like bummed out now you're now you're game over sorry yeah yeah try again (laughs) 